You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Silicon Steve Valley Show. I am your host, Silicon Steve Valley, and we keep on spreading the love and the positivity, and today is no exception. We are bringing outstanding, and I don't want to call him a, child, a child's author, because this is book definitely transcends a children's book, but author Dr. Hank Finkel, who has released a book called Am I Still the Ocean? And it is absolutely one of the great reads. It is a thought-provoking and layered look at the spiritual aspects of the water cycle through the perspective of an epic adventure. And what I love about it, it's got a little bit of the Zen spiritual aspects. It's got some of the science and it invites all the readers to use their imagination and reflect on the themes of connection, change, and renewal. And I'll tell you what, the book is amazing. I have read this book with my daughter a number of times. I've read it by myself. I actually had a very powerful moment reading the book just before the interview today. Absolutely outstanding, real look at the connections that we all share. And this book does a great job of that. Again, it's Am I Still the Ocean by Dr. Hank Finkel. And of course, illustrations by Shannon Haney. So without any further ado, I give you my man. The doctor of style himself, Dr. Hank Finkel, author of Am I Still the Ocean? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Steve. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Dr. Good. Hank Finkel has been uh, one of my favorite people since the beginning. So let's start out with this book. This book's awesome. Every, Thank you I, so I, much. I can't tell everybody. <laughs> I've never been moved by a children's book in my life like this. And, and that's, that's a shoot. And I'm not, one of the, we talk about is honesty here, and I'm not bullshitting you. Um, we'll get that out. Right? Appreciate it the kind words. So, Let's get into how did you come up with this idea of how an ocean goes through this crazy journey? Well, it's interesting that right off the bat that you call it a children's book because I kind of myself think of it as a life lesson, but I use a children's book to get that across. Like my audience, even while I was writing it, uh, was secretly the person reading the story to the child. I have a feeling that the children themselves, well, a lot of them, I think the age it's written for might be too young to even grasp it. And my secret hope was that the parents would have that aha moment while they were reading it and rediscover that lesson and it's the kind of story I feel that can be read again at different ages and the kids can come back to it or the parents can say, read this book again. I, it, I liked reading it to you when you were younger and I think you might get something out of it now. And I'll tell you what, you nailed it with, with me and my family and how we've enjoyed this book. Um, so when did you decide, okay, I'm going to write a book? When did I had this idea, we're going to do it. I had, for a long time, I, I kind of thought I had a book somewhere in me that, that needed to come out. And I didn't know when, I didn't know what it would be about, but I always enjoyed books, reading them, the tactile holding them, um, everything about books I, I, I always enjoyed. And I thought one day it would be uh, really something if I could put one out. I, had, I felt I had one in me. And in late 2019, I was thinking about what I wanted to do for 2020, um, you know, I, I in, instead of thinking in terms of resolutions, I generally think in terms of um, intentions and goals. So, 
And I knew 2020 was going to be a big one for me because I was going to turn 60 in that year. So I had the thought, do something on your bucket list, take a little of the sting out of it, maybe, maybe even reinvent yourself or, you know, do something big for turning 60. And uh, then it came to me, let's, let's set an intention and, and work on a book. That would be a huge accomplishment, something I'd be proud of, proud enough to take some of this thing out of turning 60. And uh, that's when I started formulating ideas and, and, and thinking what kind of book and, and learning the process of how to write a book, which I had no idea. Shannon Haney, she's related to you. Mm-hmm. How did she become a part of this and become just a, a, an absolute... Well, mistress of, of she, illustration in this she, book. I think of it, it's really, uh, as much her book as, our, as mine, it, I think of it as our book, because the artwork is so fabulous and such a um, key component to setting the vibe and setting the mood for the story. But um, I, I've written short stories in the past, and when this one hit the page, when I was done... I thought, you know what? Maybe that book that I'm thinking of will be a children's book. I'm going to send this to Shannon. She had three kids at the time. Now she has four. I it's didn't Shannon. Know. Yeah, going. yeah, oh yeah. She's a homesteader. Yeah. She, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know if she would have time. Um, I didn't know if she would. She's the first person register. I didn't know if it would strike her, and um, it did. And she appreciated having a project, to, a way, you know, to focus on that wasn't just in the middle of the craziness of three kids and a pregnancy. So she did take it on and she did a great job. And I, I had known her whole life. She obviously now she's in her mid thirties. She has four kids, but I'd known her whole life from the time she was eight, that she was a fantastic artist. And soon, like I said, soon as that I put the, the pen down, I'm like, well, let me send this to Shannon. And if she wants to do some artwork, this might be the Avenue to get the book out. How did you come up with the idea of the story? Which is perfect. And we did an intro about it earlier on. Wow. <laughs> uh, it, it's a funny thing. It came to me really complete. Like, I set the intention of writing some kind of book and I started brainstorming on ideas what kind of books I could possibly write comedy, chiropractic, health, you know, where's my, my, what's my, what's my avenue and what is it I I am capable of, of putting forth and um, what would I enjoy putting forth and I was brainstorming and uh, a lot of it seemed really like I was struggling with my list. Contrite, and, would that be a word? What's that? Contrite? Was, was some of the ideas contrite? No, or? no. It, it, not that, um, too much, honestly, it felt like too much work. I was working <laughs> at it really hard and I'm like, wow. And, and I sat down on my meditation cushion one day and I just said, universe, make this easy. Just, <laughs> I, I just want to put, I, I want to put something across that will, that will connect people and, and, and let them remember what's important in life and that things are okay. And 
I just want to do a simple story. And I sat down and I meditated for 20 minutes and I popped my eyes open and I couldn't get to my notebook fast enough and it just poured out in like two hours. I like start to finish it. like, And I edited it once or twice and sent it to Shannon and I said, if she'll do something with it, we'll do something with it. And it's not just a story, folks. This is a, it's a, it's a lesson because there's moments in this, I'm sure this was intentional. There are always these philosophical questions throughout the book. Like a deep breath. Like take a deep breath while you're reading this because you're reading about well, heavy. It's like a primer to meditation. I wanted to get um, whatever, because well, it's never too young to start that, to sitting st- in stillness, quieting your mind. It, it, it doesn't have to be meditation, but it's just, Better control of your own self, your mind and your body. Still your mind, still your body. And there's no age where that's appropriate to start. So um, I added little breaks of user imagination. Take a deep breath. Imagine you're the ocean, you're the wave, you're the snowflake, whatever. And um, yeah, I think we kind of glossed over the fact that I used the um, water cycle as the metaphor for connection yeah. and that... Um, as we change, we, we always come back to ourselves in the end. And before, so we get into that process. The book is about folks. And if you actually, why don't you explain? You're the author. What? Why don't we get the guy who actually wrote it, opposed to some a hole? So, the book is about um, the water cycle. But I, as I said, I use that as a metaphor for our connection to source and. Uh, an example or uh, an analogy for the transformations that we go through through life Um, and at times we may feel far from our source but we're always still connected and in the end we always come back to source and it's funny and I'll actually tell a story now I told you off air this is a pretty genuine story and I had it with your book I've read your book about maybe a dozen times or so maybe a baker's dozen for all you fish fans out there (laughs) Um, and I read it this morning because I'm getting ready for the interview. And um, that one part of the book you're talking about is where at one point the ocean, a part of the ocean becomes a stream. And this was already after some metaphor, you know. Here you are, you're in an ocean. Yeah, yeah. The wave, the, the snowflake. Snow, it's just, yeah. it's amazing and it's how we all kind of combine. So I've been, from, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but I've been dealing with a lot of reconciliation with my father. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't cared. He's been, de- you know, he hasn't been with us for 13 and a half years. But it's reconciliation I've been dealing with personally. It's been extraordinarily healing. And this morning I read that. And so when the stream talks about it came from the ocean, I came from my father. And I have a lot of anger toward my father. And I would even use the word hate sometimes. And I realize I'm hating myself. That's right. And you're hating a lot of things that are beautiful about that man that isn't me. Right. And it was one of the most healing moments of my life. In fact, I would go so far to say it was the most healing moment I've ever had in a book. Wow. One of the reasons I was 10 minutes late, I was crying my eyes out. So (laughs) there's that story. Wow. That is a sad but beautiful story, man. That's. No, it's healing. The healing is wonderful. That's great. I'm glad I could touch you or the story touched you. That's wonderful. Well, that's the thing. When when we get hurt, this is another part of this. We still have to remember where we came from, and and it's just a, a beautiful part. Of that, so that was a moment I had, yeah. And uh, it's a great understanding of life. And as you said, it's not just a children's book, right? 
Right. And you could, and you know, it's interesting. So once I released it or, or, or put it out, I started hearing different stories of different ways people interpreted it that I'd never seen or thought of. And it's a wonderful thing to see it take on its own life to touch people in different ways that it does. It's really remarkable. It's art. It's great. So, so, you, <laughs> so you get the paper, you get the book together, you have the artist. How'd you get it published? Was it self-published? Did you... I self-published and um, I had considered trying to get a publisher, but I knew somebody else who authored a book and, and really wanted to get out of their publishing house and the contract and said if their next book they'd prefer to self-publish and to explore that further, so I did, and uh, it seemed easy enough, not easy, easy, but I was like one step ahead while Shannon was doing the artwork, I was learning what to do next, and you know, technology changed over the past 10 years, and I don't know that I would have been able to get it out 10 years ago, but now there's publishing on demand, and um, oh, print on demand, rather, and, um, it takes a lot of the fear and pressure out of it. And uh, I got connected with a, uh, uh, a facilitator, if you will, who helped me um, edit and do the layout and put the graphics with the words and, and upload it to Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and um, helped me with that aspect of it. And uh, yeah, I learned. And now, and now that one book is out and we're working on the next book, I know enough that I'm thinking of scrapping that whole <laughs> process and, and I'm exploring a new way of publishing and distribution for the next one, I think. That's fantastic. I, you could talk about, real briefly, the technology that we're in right now. You could do whatever you want. You, your dreams can come true. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, if you are on the edge, if you're thinking about doing something like this, it's, it's doable. I'm uh, with... Um, like I said, print on demand, you don't have to invest to buy 10,000 books or 5,000 books and have them stacked up in your garage or basement and, and then deal with selling them yourself, which is what you had to do 10 years ago to, to publish and sell, self-publish and sell a book. So um, now, you know, the whole process, like if somebody buys on, my book online, the whole process happens without me touching the book and I just get my royalty in the mail. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. That's all I wanted. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know what was going to come of this, yeah. but I wanted to get the book out. And yeah. now you can, like, like podcasts, like, and like anything else, you, we can get stuff out now. And if somebody likes it or is interested, they can access it. It's beautiful. It really, really is. It's leveling. It's, it's leveling. <laughs> Well, we've taken the middleman out. It's like, yeah. you know, back in the day, you had to be really good and really lucky. Right. There's, or have a lot of money. Or have a lot of money. And now, you just got to be diligent. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to be good necessarily right. to be popular. Exactly. You just need to be diligent and right. be and work your ass off. Yeah. Hard work is one of the values as well. After writing this book, you reread it. What do you take from it as a reader who wrote it? Hmm. You like that um, one? That was a curveball at you. That is Those little... I think I just answered that question in the last answer in the sense that I like now reading it and seeing what other people say in it. Like I had my idea when it was just mine 
And now it's like, oh yeah, I said, you know, it's a book of change. You know, people, teachers like it. The teachers really like it for the water cycle itself, for the straight up aspect of the science in it. And um, but teachers seem to really gravitate toward it as a gift for seniors, whether it's high school or college. And that really, um, that's touched me a lot. That that makes me uh, pleased that people recognize that it's a not just for kids. As I said at the beginning of all this, it's not just for kids. And it's a beautiful picture. And it's not preachy. I tried, I yeah. deliberately, you know, I'm not, my path is not to tell people what to do. That's why I, and that's why I think it's open to interpretation and people take what they will from it. That was one of my goals to like leave it vague enough that people can do that. Well, you had a balance and, and I think this was intentional, but you can affirm you had a nice balance of spirituality on this side and you had science on this side where there's this, there's this really beautiful cohesion. Imagine that if science and love and spirituality can all come together as one, it would be so amazing. <laughs> um, and so there was a nice balance of both. Was that That's the playground. Yeah. That's the playground. I like to play in. You know, where, because we're living up, not only with technology, but we're living in an age now where science is validating a lot of this spirituality with quantum physics and, and all of this. And, um, you know, if you take the religiosity and the dogma and that aspect out of it, there's a lot there that science can validate and live with. For our viewers, maybe me, uh, what specific things are you talking about when you talk about the kind of science that's backing up? Because I heard it and I believe in it. Well, I heard I, I heard something today on a podcast uh, about meditation that I thought was really interesting. And that was that, you know, a lot of people meditate for different reasons um, and corporations will give meditation courses for productivity or stress management. But one of the things across the board that's been proven is there's been a study um, that meditation makes people more compassionate. And it's a great way to make a better world if you extrapolate that. And the study was done um, using people like deliberately sabotaging their computers and then sending in an IT guy to fix it for them and they were so filled with gratitude actually this is a gratitude study but what they did they did two groups a group that meditated and a group that didn't meditate to see if group the difference so they both groups were were filled with gratitude that the it guy fixed their computer then they arranged for them to run into that guy again somewhere else where he needed a favor from them and asked them for help. And I was surprised. Only 50% of the meditators were happy to help him, but only 15% of the people that didn't have that meditation course were willing to help him. So, the, and they found out further that they were the group that was willing to help were willing to help other people as well throughout the day that they put other people in there that didn't help them but they were in a pay it forward kind of mode their that gratitude spilled over not just to the guy that helped them but to other people as well so that's powerful that and that so there's a study that 
struck me where science is proving meditation and spirituality, all that stuff has value and can increase, let's say, compassion and, and empathy in this situation. So there's one study. I'll tell you what, and, I, and to piggyback off of what you just said, I mean, a lot of people think there is a consciousness awakening more and more in the mainstream. I am one of those people. You know, we hear so much about all the negatives. We've had a couple of divisive leaders recently. Oh, sure, sure. And, and, it, and also, there, uh, it scares a lot of people when it happens too much too fast. But here's another area where science um, can validate this spirituality or this um, law of attraction stuff, manifestation stuff. Um, and we've talked about this before, you and I, I know, the reticular activating system uh, in, in the brain. It's a physiological part of the brain. It's a structure like the amygdala or, uh, that, you know, the brain stem itself. Um, the reticular activating system is our filter that validates our beliefs. So whatever you believe, this part of your brain tries to validate that for you. And it doesn't judge. So if you have feelings of worthlessness, it's going to make you feel more worthless. If you change the way you, your beliefs about yourself and can suddenly find worthiness, it will begin to show you more things that make you feel worthy. And whether it's worthiness or gratitude or love or abundance or whatever it is, that thing, that, that system that we ha all have is going to make you feel like, yeah, I'm right about that. Yeah. I was right all along. I am a loser. Or I'm, I was right all along. I'm a winner. Yeah. So, you know, that's another... It's science. Yeah. It's not belief. But it's science validating your beliefs. Exactly. It was just beautiful. <laughs> and that goes us right back into the balance of this. That's why this book, it, it, it really transcends... It looks like a kid's book when you look at it. You know, yeah. but if you read it and you really, really give it the moments, and I've had several moments. Today was the most powerful, but I've had, I've I've teared up sitting with my daughter. Uh, you know, like Sunday morning, nice cozy nice. Sunday morning, and we're cuddling on the thing. And I'm like, hey, well, can I read you my friend's book? And she's like, <laughs> okay, and she loved it every second Good. of it. And she's, you know, she's too cool for school now. She's ten years old. She's like, <laughs> oh, that's the right age. That's the that's. She gets the water cycle and oh she can grasp. She loved it. Yeah, that's that's the right age I found out. I didn't know when I wrote it what age group would. I pictured it like pe people reading it to their kids in bed, but I knew those kids in bed wouldn't be getting it. But I didn't know if it would be five-year-olds, six-year-olds, but it does seem to be like seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds where they start to like get it. Yeah, and it, what's cool is is that, you know, and you know this with children, you can kind of mind, okay, let mm -hmm. me give this person the most support. And if you can as a parent and all the parents out there, you got to do this. Let go. Your kid's going to be their own selves. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's like, yeah. that's my little mini me. And it's just, <laughs> no, they're not. They're, not. they're, they're their not. own selves. And they want to be their own selves. And you're holding on. It's that's be like, right. Eh. That's good advice right there. Yeah. So it's, so I'm trying to give her the tools to be the happiest that's person right. she can be, not the happiest she can make me. Which is right. Amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good, man. So you have another book on the horizon. So we, is that what I heard? I have a story that I sent to Shannon and, uh, She's happy with it, and I'm waiting for some artwork. We got any details about the story, or you want to so, hold off? No, I don't mind. Um, it, it's a good companion piece, I feel. I, I think this is going to wind up being a trilogy. I have a third idea, 
and I think we're progressing. I think the this one is um, about an acorn and that has to become an oak tree, and it doesn't know how it's ever going to make that transition and how that's going to happen. Um, so what I think this trilogy is going to progress from, I think it's going to go from like terra to flora to fauna. So the first one was about just like earth and sky and water and, and there were no living creatures. This one's about plant life. And the third one I think is going to be some kind of like um, creature development, you know, development. So going from just the land to the to plant life to animal life. Well, you're covering the, the first couple elements right there. I think you got to, you know, right, you know right, what I mean. Right. So and that, yeah, yeah, you see yeah. fire. Stay away from fire. It's dangerous. <laughs> I, heard, I heard it's going to end the world. I don't know. Let's yeah. say if you're. Um, so that's a, that's incredible. So you have a series now. Are you going to retitle it a, a certain series, or you're not there? I yet? think it'd just be a trilogy. Yeah, I don't have it as a. Yeah, I don't have a title for the trilogy as yet. But um, yeah, I think this one's going to be ha- something like "How do I become an acorn?" I mean, "How do I become an oak tree?" So you're building your niche here, where you're making, telling these beautiful stories. I don't know who else is doing this. You're telling these beautiful stories, mixing some real adult themes, but told in a specific and so, yeah. way and you're giving a little bit of the spirituality a little bit of the science, science. Yeah. and so you are actually learning science you're not just being entertained you're learning science right. and you're learning right. about spirituality right. that is incredible I don't know if anyone's done that at least the way you and, and, well, and I just like using these as launching pads for your daughter to ask questions or for you to probe what she thinks about this that or you know what you think about that part or you know that kind of stuff. I, I think um, both of these stories foster conversation. Definitely deal with me. It's always a point. And I actually, after we read your book with my daughter, as I said, Am I Still the Ocean? It is going to be on Amazon.com. Where else can we find it? Barnes & Noble's, uh, Kobo.com, and my website, HankFinkel.com. Isn't that a beautiful graphic? <laughs> Don't you love I that? I know. I love it. That is awesome. Uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to get the boobs out of there, though. It's just this beautiful child children's book, and then boobs right next to it. I was actually thinking on that previous story. Wouldn't it be funny after the fact? I have a really off-color joke after I tell you the tears in my eyes about my father. I decided against it, keeping it classy for Doctor Hank Finkel. Thank you. You know what I mean. So, but check this book out, guys. Amazon.com. Everywhere he said we're going to have links to where you can buy this in the description. And Dr. Hank, we are so so grateful for you coming. Appreciate guest number two. I am so excited. And please, guys, if you like anything, we can check you out. You have a HankFinkel.com. That's good enough. And and get up to date on everything he's working. He's coming out with another amazing. That's exciting for me because this book. I'm glad love you enjoy it. Oh my God, move me! So thank you so thank much, Doctor Hank. Much. You're outstanding. This is a pleasure. And, hey guys, if you like what you see, go to thankfickle.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Silicon Steve Alley Show. Please follow us on Spotify, or do you like it on Spotify? I forget. Either way, we really enjoy talking to Doctor Hank Finkel today, author of "Am I Still the Ocean?" Outstanding book for the entire family. Yeah, gotta check it out if you want your kid to learn a little bit about science, learn a little bit about spirituality. This is the book for you guys, so please definitely check it out. And of course, at HankFinkel.com, baby. 
So thanks to all we're going to have for this week. Join us next week, and we'll have another guest that is absolutely contributing to the beautiful parts of this world. That's what we're all about, baby. We want to make this place beautiful. And don't forget to check out our YouTube version of this show. We're going to have this interview, and we're also going to have comedy. We're also going to have music every single solitary episode. Podcast drops Thursday, 11.30 p.m. YouTube, then the YouTube show drops at 11.30 p.m. on Monday. So check it out, Silicon Steve Valley. Check us out on all social medias, if you can, at SSV Show on Twitter, Silicon Steve Valley Show, of course, on Facebook. You know where to go, baby. You know where we at. And thank you so much for listening to us. You guys are awesome. This is episode number two of the Silicon Steve Valley Show. Don't forget your five values, kindness, love, gratitude, honesty, and hard work. We love you guys. We'll see you guys very, very soon. Take care of yourselves. Episode two down here and the lesson.